Welcome to Read My Lips Radio, a lively hour of unscripted conversations with savvy creatives. Producer and host, a.k.a. Radio Red, asks novelists, artists, photographers, designers, comedians, actors, musicians, composers, screenwriters, directors, and technology innovators about their creative passion, inspirational muses, and how they create. Ooh, how those lips can talk. Now, here's AKA Radio Red. <laughs> Radio Red in the house. So happy to be here. I can't believe we're almost at the end of April. We never thought we would even get to this point in time, did we? Okay, so this is my special show where I talk to creatives. I've got three wonderful creators with me today, as always. But before I introduce them, and those of everybody wave hello again to Facebook. There we are. They're my beautiful guests, my <laughs> handsome and beautiful guests. And by the way, Thanks. we're in we are entering Taurus. We are in Taurus. We weren't in Taurus last week, but we are. But first, we have a little bit of homework to do here. I want my guests on the count of three to help me welcome. We're going to say on the count of three, hello, L-L-L. Are you ready? You got to beat all the previous weeks because they were all really good. One, two, three. Hello, Josh, that had to be the best, the loudest, the most enthusiastic, the liveliest, the most compelling, the most energetic, the most heartfelt. Her name is lovely, lanky Laura Legg. She's our most loyal listener, and she was a dance friend of mine when I was in New York. And every week, we do a shout out to her. And I'm trying to raise a fictitious GoFundMe campaign to move her, Roger, from Whitestone, New York, which starts with a W, to London, which starts with an L now that travel is open. But since it's fictitious, I haven't really raised a lot of money and we're not doing the crypto thing. So she still lives in Whitestone, but she listens. And at 8.01 PM, I will receive an email from Laura and not the Laura, who's my guest, the other LLL. You could be, you could be a new, you could be LB. And uh, she will tell me what she gleaned from each of you, what she took. Oh oh, yeah. Oh yeah. She's loyal. So today is April 25th. What? I hope everybody had a good Passover. Just ended Saturday night. I did. I did. I had decent matzah this year. Not my favorite. Couldn't get the egg matzah, but everything else worked fine. And uh, matzah bry a couple of times and a little bit of red wine. And what can I tell you all? And I hope everybody had a nice Easter. I didn't see any hats, any baskets where I live. I'm in a 55 plus community. I don't know if anybody had their grandkids here, but mine certainly don't celebrate that. So what can I tell you? So here we are. And as I mentioned, it is Taurus started on April 20th through May 20th. Any of my guests, Taurus, anybody a Taurus? No. Well, let me just tell you that Taurus thrives for on loyalty, stability, commitment, and intimacy in a relationship. They're most compatible with Pisces. Cancer, Virgo, and Capricorn. Do we have any Pisces, Cancers, Virgos, and Capricorns? I'm a Virgo. Okay, well, you could you could hook up with a Taurus in case you're interested. So I just I'll wanted, check that out. Thanks. I just wanted you to know that. And our engineer is Josh. Everybody on the can with three say hello, Josh. One, two, three. Hello, hello Josh. 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 What a well-behaved group, I got to tell you. And very, very, very authentic. I love that word. Now, let me tell you who my guests are. You can wave your hand. I'm just going to give a one-sentence one-liner to each of you so that everybody knows who you are. And then I'm going to have you each spend about three minutes giving us the real scoop of who you are. So Roger Smith, not the actor from 77 no, Sunset no. Strip. No, no. And I think very few married. people know that. <laughs> he was married. Oh yeah. Well, I'm dead. And Margaret. And Margaret. That's right. Yeah. yeah you let right. me get out the facts here. That's right. He had cookie, cookie, lend me a come good. Ed Burns was on the show. Yes. All kinds. Roscoe, somebody. Yes. Anyway, Roger Smith is the author. Okay. And I heard that the book just came out 
this week. It's Monday. We are so excited for you, Roger. You're going to send me a copy. And the book is The Most Unlikely Leader, An Unbelievable Journey from GED to CEO. So Roger Smith, can't wait to hear the full story. Thank you very much for being here. I'm hearing a little buzz on somebody's mic. That's what keeps throwing me off. Laura Brown is with us. Laura is the author of I wish I had her book 30 years ago. Increase your income. Seven rules for women who want to make more money at work. And a salary Cinderella story or how to make more money without a fairy godmother. I love that. Laura Brown can't wait to get words of wisdom from you. And we have Dr. Kelly Bonhoff. And she spells her last name B-O-H-N-H-O-F-F. She's the author of the upcoming book. And she'll tell us all about it. Beyond Trauma Drama. They're spelled differently, but they rhyme, cultivating the sacred nature of families to heal. So welcome to my three guests. And I'm calling this episode today, Read My Lips, Creativity with Impact, because you're all sharing, your your creativity is making an impact. You're doing something for other people. Roger, you've probably experienced a lot of impact of going from GED to CEO, and I know you've yes. interacted and interfa- inter- interacted and interacted with so many different types of people over the course of your journey. So let's go around the table and get more complete introductions. I'm telling you that when you're speaking, Roger, I'm going to put you on full screen speaker view, okay? Okay. And we can't wait to hear your story. And then I'll do the same for Laura and the same for Dr. Kelly. So everybody can see you as you speak. So Roger Smith, officially welcome to Read My Lips. I'm putting you on speaker view on Facebook. Go ahead. You're up. Thank you, Radio Red. Thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. So um, once again, my name is Roger Smith, and I'm the former CEO of American Income Life and Liberty National Life and the author of the book, The Most Unlikely Leader, An Unbelievable Journey from GED to CEO. So, you know, my my life is a story of of struggles and despair, uh, failures, successes, perseverance, um, that, you know, eventually led to me becoming the CEO of two of the most financially respected insurance companies in the world. But I will say that before, that at the age of 15, uh, I was homeless, I was a drug addict, and I was a high school dropout. And and needless to say, uh, my prospects for a bright future were, were, were really pretty dim. And so, you know, my book kind of talks about that. It's a memoir slash business, but it talks about overcoming these obstacles, 20 years of addiction and, and, you know, turning that energy around into something being very, very positive. Uh, I will tell you that it's very interesting. After my retirement is when I started looking and, and kind of reemerging in my creative self. So, uh, you know, I wrote a book. I also uh, am an actor in a theater. So um, it is, it's, it's, it's very strange when you're the executive of an insurance company and you've kind of stuffed emotions for about 40 years. And then you have to buy like a pie chart that tells you what all the emotions are so that you can relearn them again to be, to be an actor. But, but when I look back, I do see that, that, um, many aspects of leadership, many aspects of overcoming these obstacles uh, had to do with being creative and, and figuring out 
how to get from A to Z and how to how to move a company that maybe hadn't grown in many years to great growth and so on. So uh, I I am in the obvious part of my creative side now, but it's interesting on thinking about your show, the creativity that I had to use to have the successes that I have. So that's kind of me in a nutshell. Thank you, Roger. I appreciate that. And and what I particularly appreciate is the fact that you you you've just explained, expressed what I consider creativity for this show. And I tell people it's not, oh, I have Cheerios on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays, and on Thursdays I have cream of wheat for breakfast. I'm a creative breakfast. No, no, no. It's more than that. It's it's how are are you having trouble with your earpods there, Roger, for uh, a second? Uh yeah, it just came out of one ear. Okay, I'm I'm hearing a little I'm hearing a little crackling. That's why I'm still hearing I'm it when I talk. Now. Okay, uh, Josh is going to let me know if it's my mic or if it's somebody else's. Anyway, what I want to say was you embodied it, Roger. That's why I started this show because we all have some kind of creativity. Dr. Kelly's nodding and Laura's nodding. It's mm. it's about how you live your life, and maybe it's a catch-all term for spirit or for heart or for passion or for self-respect. Maybe it's a term that we can use, but creativity isn't just, oh, do you paint? Do you dance? Yeah. Do you <laughs> sew clothes? Do you uh, do you d- design stuff? Do you invent things? Creativity is, is how you approach, typically we talk about it's a problem or something that's always been done a certain way, you do it a different way. Something right. that inspires you and perhaps inspires me. So, what a background, Roger. Seriously, what a background. 15, and my goodness gracious, 15 and an addict and living on the street. And I'm just going to say thank you to you, Roger Smith, for doing whatever you did to bring you here so you can tell your story. How's that? Okay. Thank you. Thank I you. Pre- I appreciate Peace you. Can't wait <laughs> to hear more. Let's go to Laura Brown. Hi, Laura. I needed your book all those decades ago when I had really <laughs> nasty bosses who didn't want to give me a raise whether I wanted or deserved one or not. So why don't you go ahead and tell us how you rescue people? Go ahead, Laura. Welcome. Thank- well, it's funny. I wish I had had my book 30 years ago. Let me tell you that. Which is why I wrote it. Um, But I've got two, let me tell you about two big passions of mine. One of them is books. When I was a little kid, all I wanted to do was read books and go to the library. And I spent all my time there. And I wished I could be an author, but I thought, well, no, I will never be an author because I didn't know that that was possible. But fast forward a whole bunch of years later, I'm the author of 10 books, including a couple of books that I wrote with a co-author, who, by the way, has a very different approach to creativity than I do. And so it's really fun to sort of work off her because I'm not just writing by myself. And the other thing that I'm passionate about is helping people be more successful. So I spent years and years and years in corporate HR training people, training people in different countries, on different topics, training different levels. So I've trained and coached senior leaders in major corporations. And so I know things that people need to be successful. So I put sort of both of those together in a couple of books, telling people how what they needed to do to be more successful with either money or with communication, because I think it's just, it's so important. And for me, sharing stories is just really, really fun. And I'm, that's why I'm excited to be here to share my story. Thank you so much. And and Laura, if we get down to the, the guts of why women need help in asking, I'm one of those women who didn't ever like to talk about money. Yes. And 
And I don't know whether it's because I didn't deserve it or I expect people to value me at my worth and see it without yes. me having to say, oh, by the way, mm-hmm. um, I, I wasn't a good negotiator because I didn't want to talk about it, period, yeah. end, end of story. And and I remember I was a freelance graphic designer working with a whole bunch of networking groups when I was on Long Island years ago. And I remember giving a price to somebody we had it was a horrible rainstorm almost like a hurricane and we all went to some hotel on long island and we were meeting with people and networking going into breakout rooms and the rain was coming down and somebody told everybody well my real name i won't say but i use red on this show whatever my real name is she's overpriced she has a nerve to charge people for designing newsletters and brochures it was none of his i know roger it was none of his blank blank business i was i had never really charged a fair rate in my working life because i didn't think anybody would pay it and this Mm -hmm. guy was telling people that i was i was gouging and he just he spread i don't know what he didn't like he didn't like something about me but I was absolutely horrified. So pricing, the dollar value, and I will tell you all just briefly, years ago, I went to a singles dance many, many years ago, this great big mansion on Long Island. And, you know, you go there, I don't know if you all know, you pay something like 12 bucks and you get a buffet and you go from this room, the pool room to the living room and the, you know, 25 rooms and you meet the same people coming out of all the rooms. Oh, didn't I see what the other dance and the other, yeah, yeah, yeah. And somebody said to me, what do you do? And I had just started broadcasting. And I said, I'm a radio broadcaster. Listen to this, Laura and Roger and Dr. Kelly. They said, do you make money doing it? And I said, no, I was just invited to be a bridge host on Friday nights for WGBB, the oldest AM station on Long Island. And they're giving me the airtime and I'm doing them the favor of interviewing people and doing presentations and recording ads for them. It was a quid pro quo. They said, oh, you couldn't be any good if you're not getting paid. Wow. So I was value. And so I, I don't think I recovered that well. But when, when I had a chance to anybody ask me that again, I said, Oh, what do you like to do for a hobby? And they said, Well, I go bowling. I said, Oh, do you get paid to go bowling? <laughs> no. Oh, I play tennis. Oh, do you, did you get paid to go on the tennis court Saturday? Did you? Really? Oh, I go fishing. Oh, really? Did anybody pay? No, I just went. For, oh, I said, Well, I love talking to people. And I love doing radio. And I said, Oh, so I was being valued my my integrity by whether I made it. He didn't ask me how much. Anyway, long story could go on forever, but it's painful, Laura. It, well, it is painful. And that's one of the things that and I hear from women all the time. Well, they should know and they should pay me what I'm worth. Okay. Yes. So it, it's sort of like hoping that like your partner is going to read your mind that you want to go out to the movies that night. You know what? It doesn't work at home and it doesn't work at work. So you, I mean, you have really scary stories, but for most <laughs> of us, it's just, no, you do. But for most of us, it's just sort of like really uncomfortable. And, yeah. and you know, we, it's not nice to talk about money. And honest to goodness, in fact, it, it is nice to talk about money and we do need to talk about our value, even though it's not easy. Yes. Thank you very much. Reality check. Dr. Kelly Bonoff, so happy to have you here. You have an interesting story. We're going to put you on, I'm going to put you on full screen speaker view and have you share a little bit about your background with us. Welcome, Dr. Kelly. Thank you, Radio Red. It's a joy to be here. So I have spent the last 35 years as a registered nurse and trauma therapist with countless generations of traumatized families while navigating my own journey of abuse and trafficking in childhood. And as a little girl who was kind of wrapped up in the cyclone of early adulthood, I had three important things that drove my daily life. The first was to keep my siblings safe. 
The second was to keep my mother healthy. And the third was to keep my daddy super happy. Not necessarily in that order, depending on what may have been going on. And so this book is really about what I have learned in my own life and in um, the honor I've had with all of these families over these years. And I also had a chance to co-found a nonprofit for those who have experienced violence and trafficking called Josephine's Clinic. And so working with those adults, I was able to finally uh, answer the question, why are children being hurt by those who are meant to love them and keep them safe? And it was the question that drove and has, has driven my life up to this point. So right at the end of um, the pandemic, you know, as an essential worker, I was still out there navigating my way in the world and sneaking in to see kids in foster care. Don't tell anybody. And Mm. just trying to make sure that, you know, the children and the families didn't feel so alone and isolated. I came to that brick wall and I I just could not recover. So I hit my own um, hard stop and through that process, I was able to discover what it is that keeps these echoes of what I call echo of evolution and the merry-go-round of survival moving in families. And uh, the book is and has been created and is being created through this very interesting process because what we have essentially lost connection with um, trauma drama, the way it's defined, is actually a human stress response that gives us insight to whether or not our mind, body, and spirit are in balance. And so I lost touch with my sacred nature so young that I did not get my bearings until two years ago. And the journey of healing has opened up the doorway for this creativity. And um, I could not be more happy. It never occurred to me that I could feel joy. And, you know, Roger, you mentioned learning the emotions because we have to take those offline in order to survive. And when we do that really early in life, we don't, as an empath and a psychic, I could read everyone else's emotions. I just had no idea which ones were mine. So what a beautiful journey it's been for me to find my, what I call sacred nature and marry it to my human nature. And that's when my childlike wonder came online for the first time in this lifetime. Thank you. Wow. Very, very interesting. Very interesting. We're not talking about the trauma per se and, and Roger, we're not talking about the addiction, but we're talking about you all as people. Yeah. who find creativity in your life. And you just mentioned about emotions and finding your joy and your sacred place. Roger, you mentioned emotions. I have to tell you all, I've been taking some, you ever heard, anybody heard of Udemy, U-D-E-M-Y? It, they have classes online and they're very inexpensive for some reason, but I signed up for a couple of classes. One was five hours, one was two and a half on voiceover training because I want to do more voiceover work. Yes, yeah. And Roger, you're going to get a kick out of this. One of the uh, one of the instructors was, and it's a, a like a lifetime. You know, you get to download it and play it over and over again. One of the instructors yeah. said, "Let's say you have a line of, um, you're going to love this boombox. Let's say that that's what an advertiser wants you to. You're going to you're supposed to say it in nine different emotions, mm. and see how it comes out." 
and then put yourself in the place of the person who would be the would-be buyer or audience member, what they're looking for. And then you see if you have a personal experience deep inside you that would resonate with what you think that person might feel when they use this product or hear about it. So I just want to rattle off the emotions because I, I made this list. The emotions, they call them intentions. I think you're all going to get a kick out of this. Um, one is to destroy. You want this boom box? One is to cherish. I won't do them a cherish. One is to flirt. Oh, boom box. One is to smile. I love it. Boom box. One is to embrace. Oh, can't go anywhere without my boom box. That's, that's also flirting. Calm yeah. down. Boom box, boom box, boom box. And then excite. Let's all get a boom box. I'm sorry. That was hysterical. And the other one is comfort. It's the boom box. That's really good. Yes. Like that. Incredible. One more intimidate. It's the boom box. So I, I've never done these nine before, but Roger, when you mentioned the emotions and acting, that is so funny. you like that? So those I, like are the, I have it on a sticky on my desk. And while you were talking, I try to use my resources well. I said, I have to do this for Roger. So, so funny. Thank you. Thank you for indulging me. I don't know about the voiceovers, but I really, I really loved, yes, I really, really love talking. So let's go on to Josh. My, my, uh, my earbuds are plugged into the focus right box and we're fine. The crackling is gone. We're just having a little issue with crackling. So I've asked my three guests to send me a quote from a fictional character in a movie or a TV show or a song lyric that has absolutely nothing to do with creativity on the surface, literally. And they're going to explain in their own words how it has to do with their creativity. So Roger Smith has sent us a quote from a Brit played by James Coburn. What a powerful actor. The movie, The Magnificent Seven, 1960 American Western action film, an adaptation of the 1954 Japanese film, Seven Samurai. That's right. Also, there was a remake in 2016. Brit is a quiet cowboy, as skilled with a knife as with a gun. He joins the Seven to further test his skills. He has a deep, smooth voice, courtesy of James Coburn, that oozes badassery. I love that. Here's the quote that Roger has selected. Nobody throws me my own guns and says, run. Nobody. <laughs> Did I do that okay, Roger? Yeah, he was a little smoother. <laughs> well, go ahead. Do it then. Do, go ahead. Do it. Do it. Okay. Nobody throws me my own gun and says, run. Nobody. Okay. I like that. So tell us, how, how did you find us and how did you pick this? And what does this have to do so, with your creativity? So listen, this is a this is a crazy story because I, I watched this movie, my goodness, a hundred times. And, you know, it was always about, you know, these magnificent seven, actually eight and, and protecting the village against the banditos. And, you know, this just this just amplified um bravery and and you know and getting the job done and, and this whole thing so here's where the creativity comes in right at that point they pick up their guns they've been kicked out of the village by the banditos the guns have been thrown on the ground they pick up their guns and they're going to make the decision as to whether they're going to go back into the village and fight these banditos right i actually I said, I've, I've watched this a hundred times. Somewhere when they picked up those guns, I heard the quote, let's ride. Not only did I hear this quote, I wrote a speech 
about it. I made it a mantra for the year of let's ride. We are all going to go in and we're going to conquer this goal and we're going to achieve it. Let's ride. Let's conquer this. Years later, I went back and looked. There is no such quote. Yul Brenner never said this. <laughs> Nobody ever said this. But, but in my mind, in my mind, I heard it, I saw it, and I ended up, like I said, writing a speech all about it. So. <laughs> I I love it. Thank you very much. As they say, if truth be told, right, Roger? Yeah. <laughs> I, I hear yeah. quotes in TV shows and movies. Right now, would you believe I'm watching 24, which is about 15 years old? I'm 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 halfway through day five, and and uh, I I will email myself a little quote from that or from any other show I'm watching, and I have a list of movie and TV quotes in case anybody ever asked me. You know, I was interviewed by two young men who, whose company, brand new company called Tiki, and they're, it's my Tiki, M-Y-T. I said, how did you name your company? Talk about creativity. They hmm. said, well, it had nothing to do with anything other than we were on a beach in Hawaii and there was a Tiki and, and our, our symbol is a pineapple. And I said, they said, uh, it's as good as anything else. But they interviewed me and, and about me being an early woman in tech, my other persona. And their question, similar to on my business shows, I've started 50 radio series in the past 11 years, produced them, hosted them all. And most of my broadcasting is business for enterprises. But my shows all use send me a quote, fictional quote, movie or TV or song lyric, whether it's a business topic or not. So I love when you're talking about privacy or cybersecurity and people quote Jack Nicholson, Colonel Nathan Jessup in, in A Few Good Men. You can't handle the truth. Perfect, uh, right? Okay, so they use it for a business quote. So these young men said we were inspired by what you do on your shows. And so they asked their guests to send them song titles for different categories. So they asked me for one for love, one for Hope, one for spring, and one for being a badass. Ah. And then they said, if you were running for president, and they didn't say a what, what would your campaign theme go? So for that one, I didn't think of anything until just today, and I emailed them. It's Simply Irresistible by Robert Palmer. I thought that's simply irresistible. And everybody's wearing the red lipstick, you know, the girls with the guitar and all that. But my songs for love was um, uh, All You Need Is Love by the Beatles, and my song for spring is Happy by Pharrell Williams. But my song for badass was Patti LaBelle, new attitude from <laughs> head to my shoes i got a new attitude so that was my and mustang sally also yes anyway blah 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 thank you very much let's go to uh let's go to laura brown's quote laura has picked a quote from gazelle voiced by the lovely shakira the movie is zootopia 2016 american computer animated buddy cop film gazelle is a female gazelle and a famous zootopian pop star as well as a predator rights activist and her single try everything okay that's an interesting multifaceted woman uh her single try everything is the main soundtrack of the film so here are the here's the lyric that laura has selected birds don't just fly they fall down and get up nobody learns without getting it wrong oh i'm almost choking on that one Laura, how lovely. Bring it down a yeah. notch from where wow. we were with, with Roger's quote. Laura, what does this have to do with your creativity? Go ahead. Uh, well, first of all, if you haven't seen the movie, you have to see it. It is one of my absolute favorites. It is just really, really sweet and covers a lot. But to me, a lot of creativity is making mistakes. So, you know, in my training classes, I tell people a lot of times, if you're not struggling, you're probably not learning. And so, you know, b before I started writing, I thought, you know, I will sit down and I will, you know, open my computer and I will write and the words will flow out. And that doesn't happen. You know, sometimes I write stuff that's not good. 
Um, and I remember one book I wrote, you know, a chapter and a half that I had to get rid of, even though I liked it, it didn't help the story get past it. So to me, creativity, sometimes it flows, sometimes you struggle and you have to go with the struggle and you have to be okay with that. So that's why I picked that quote. I love that. And you said you've written 10 books. Can you throw a couple of other titles at us? Yeah. Are they? yeah so, go ahead. Um, so one of my other favorite ones, it's all about communication. It's called, Why Can't You Communicate Like Me? How Smart Women Get Results at Work. And then the other one, it's called, this is a Salary Cinderella story. Um, but my co-author and I, who again is very creative in a different way, we wrote the second book to that, which is called A Single Cinderella Story or How to Find Love Without Losing Yourself. So we thought we would deal with with dating and things like that. And we're now writing the next book, which is called A Sunny Cinderella Story. And it's about how to be happier because goodness knows we need that today. We do. Isn't that interesting? And when you mentioned that you have a co-author and you have different styles, that to me is a creative endeavor to be able to figure who does what. Do I do a chapter? She, You do a yes. chapter. Do you write the opening of the chapter and she fills it in? Do you write half mm-hmm. the book and she would you discuss it together along the way? Do you discuss it later? Do you say, oh, that's crap. Let's start again. I'm throwing it out. Does she do that to you? I'm sorry. I, I've had I had um, I've, I've had people come on my show who are, are husband and wife who are writers or people who are different parts of the world who want to write a chapter than the other and they co- coordinate back and forth. But what's interesting is the process of co-writing that fascinates me. Absolutely fascinates me. And there's got to be a a creative approach or a lot of compromise. Perhaps I don't know. I don't and we do. So when we wrote a, a, fix, a nonfiction book, it was easy. It was very analytical. And when I write nonfiction, I'm very analytical. We will write three chapters on this and one chapter on this. But when we talked about writing uh, the first fiction book, I talked about, okay, so we'll put together an outline. She said, yeah, that's not working for me. And I said, okay, what do you want to do? She's like, I'm just going to start writing and I'm going to see what happens and I'm going to toss it to you. And then let's see what happens. Literally, we did not decide. We decided on the three main characters but she would write a couple of pages and then say, your turn. And it would show up. And I'm like, I didn't know the main character had a brother. Well, that's great. And so it, so it was fun. And right yes. now, I don't remember which pages I wrote because it, it was so seamless. Yeah, but it was a fun, creative way to do it. You know, there are people who write novels and novellas like that online who have never met who one will write a chapter and the other will take it and they'll take the characters where they think the character needs to go mm-hmm. and then they toss it back. And that way you don't ever, you know, there's two types of, of fiction writers. One is the pantser and one is the plotter. Yes, yes. The plot, I mentioned that, I was talking about yes. that last week on my show with, with my guests. The plotter is somebody who sits down, Nicole Fanning, a, a new young writer who writes her novels are 500 pages long and she's on a series of three and my God, six hours of writing a day. <gasps> I'm still working on my novel and it's only up to about 100 pages and it's been six months. I keep losing interest in coming back. Anyway, the point was that a pantser says, see to your pants, I'm just going to do it. So you can't really be a plotter if you're collaborating with somebody in a creative effort, right, Laura? Because you don't know. It's hard. You don't know where it's going to be. And I think that would be, I would love to co-write a short story with someone with characters and see where I want to take it and where they want it. I would love to, I've tried to get a couple people to do it, but they're very busy. So I'll find somebody eventually. Dr. Kelly, let's see what you've got. Oh, you've got a character, Glinda the Good Witch, played by Billy Burke. The movie, of course, The Wizard of Oz, MGM film, 1939. We're going back in time, kids. In the 1939 film of the uh, version of The Wizard, Glinda is the Good Witch of the North, played by Billy Burke. She performs the functions, listen, of not only the novel's Good Witch of the North 
and Good Witch of the South, but also the novel's Queen of Field Mice as the one who welcomes Dorothy to Oz, sends her off to see the wizard. I promise not Mm. to sing on my show, but sometimes Mm. it just slips out. Mm. And orchestrates her rescue from the deadly poppy field in addition to revealing the secret to going back home. So Glinda was a very comprehensively talented witch, if you could think so. Yes, she did a lot. I hope they paid her a lot more than just one character, Laura, because she did the work of five characters in the the movie. So here here is the quote. You always had the power, my dear. You just had to learn it for yourself. Mm-hmm. Oh, Dr. Mm-hmm. Kelly, what a beautiful, oh, be still my heart. Woo! Talk to me. How'd you find this one? Go ahead. Oh, my goodness. So The Wizard of Oz was something that I watched over and over and over again. And one of the things that I really related to was the beginning where it was black and white. And then she went through a storm. And when those doors opened, whenever they were able to, they, it was technicolor. And um, I didn't figure that out until just the last couple of years, but that's the way life felt to me, black and white, and then hitting the technicolor side. The other thing about Glenda was that she represents the sacred nature. When you look at it, when you look at all of those beautiful things that she did, whether it's with nature or encouragement or just that still small voice, that inner guidance system that said, you've always had the power. You've always had that. And so it's just a beautiful quote, a beautiful film. I've seen it so much. I can't even take it. Sometimes I think Toto is in my little bed. Um, it, it is just a beautiful film. Um, and I appreciate the journey that was taken, um, kind of a hero's journey by Dorothy. And it, and it just really relates um, to my own uh, experience and um, I just love Glenda and what she represented. So, thank you. That was lovely. And what was interesting to me was that the other one of the other very famous, not Dorothy saying to Toto, "We're not in Kansas anymore, Toto," but the one where you see the wizard revealed, and he says, "Pay no attention to the man behind the that man behind the curtain." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And isn't that always true? It's like the emperor's new clothes, right? Mm-hmm. Pay no attention. It's like it was a myth. It was something that was a construct in our minds. It really wasn't there. There was no power. You have the power. You can have the power. You can take the power back. And Laura, women, anybody has really had the power if they knew how to do it, if they had the confidence to say, I deserve a raise. Well, okay, you can go to the door now. You're out. But anyway, the point is that we still have the power to ask, but we didn't always know that we had that power or how to use it. And Dr. Kelly, we had the power to bring ourselves back into wherever we thought we needed to be, but sometimes we didn't take it or we didn't know how to use it. And Roger, you found the power to go (laughs) from a life with no or very negative, dim, dark prospects to do what you've done and what you've achieved and be able to sit here and talk to us about it with a great deal of pride and confidence. I see that in you. Yeah, love it. You're exuding that. So thank you, all three of you. you. Oh, thank you. Let's do some famous birthdays for today. I have some people I think you all know, most of them. Ella Fitzgerald. I don't usually do people who've passed away, but it was Ella Fitzgerald. She was born in 1917. Actually, that's my mom's year. My mom lived to 100 years, one month, and 15 days and passed away in my arms, in her own bed, in her own apartment, didn't have an aide, didn't. She lived alone, played the piano, played bridge and mahjong, went and got her hair done, had her nails done, had friends, 
uh, made her own breakfast, just wanted to be, gave up driving at 98, but at 100, yeah, she, she, yeah, she was taking cabs and buses a little bit. I, I took her most places. So Ella Fitzgerald and my mom and I, start, I started a TV show called Senior Moments to Happy Ones, and my mom was my co-star. And she started when she was 83 and went all the way up to 100. And a couple of weeks before she passed away at her 100th birthday, we gave her a, a party on the show. But wow. the the theme song I picked for the show, I know, Laura, I, I, still, I still break up over it. The mm. theme song was From This Moment On, sung by Ella Fitzgerald. That mm. was the theme song, From This Moment On, You and I, Dear. That's the song I picked for the Senior Moments theme. How about that? Beautiful. So there you go. Thank really you. So sweet. that's why I put that in here. So Al Pacino, Al Pacino, yes. 82 years old today. Yay, Al Pacino. Anybody ever watch Dancing with the Stars? Anybody remember? I haven't watched it in years. Well, Len Goodman is the older fellow at the table, the the uh, the judge. He is a an English ballroom dancer, a coach, and he has been a judge on the show forever. He is 78 today. Happy birthday, Len Goodman. Talia Shire. Adrian, Adrian Balboa <laughs> in the Rocky movies. Adrian, she's seventy-six today. If you could wow. believe that, does wow. anybody watch Billions, the show with um, yeah, with uh, Paul Giamatti? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the uh, elder Chuck Rhodes, Charles Rhodes, is played by an actor named Jeffrey Demun, D E M U N N, and he's seventy-five today, and he's quite a character. I think he oh. uh, he he gets rid of his wife of about fifty years and takes up with this woman in her twenties and has a baby with her, and then he's <laughs> dating anything that moves. It's very interesting, very wealthy, very political. <laughs> So happy birthday, Jeffrey DeMunn. I have to mention Steve Ferrone is 72. He's the drummer, Englishman, for Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. And I'm a drummer. I haven't played the drums in months because I haven't been out in months. But I just went in and played Mustang Sally before the show today in my music room. I got my sticks and I put it on my headset. Ah. And I played it. And I haven't played it in a while. I play that at open mic nights around the Raleigh, Durham area. And everybody claps and sings and dances. And it's it's a real party song. Ride, yeah. Sally, ride. You all know yeah. that one. Then yeah. now Hank Azaria is 58 today. He is the voice artist. How many voices did he do for The Simpsons? How much did he get paid, Laura? I hope he got paid for all of those roles. Comedian, American actor. Renee Zellweger is 53 today. I could say only 53. Sure, she sure done a lot in her life, including that really weird marriage that lasted, what, three days or two weeks and nobody ever talked about it to a country star you don't remember and they showed them on the beach. One of the guys with the hats. What do I know? And an actor named Jonathan Bailey is 34 today he plays lord anthony bridgerton did anybody see season two of bridgerton just now lord mm. anthony figures prominently and he is 34 today i didn't know his name until i i, I have a, a famous birthdays list with pictures but i have to mention a couple of people who were youtube stars tiktok stars and a rapper because they have very unusual names so we have somebody at youtube who's 25 years old today happy birthday and their name is scissors but it's spelled c-i-z-z-o-r-z -Z -Z. i know laura can you ima imagine that, Roger? Scissors with a C, C I Z Z O R Z. Then we have uh, we have a, a woman named Ray So Wavy, and she spells it R A Y S O W A V Y Y. Happy birthday! She's twenty three. We have a TikTok star who's twenty three, also today, named J O O J N A T U. I have no idea how to pronounce it. And we have a rapper named Manny M A N I, like Manny Petty. 21. Thank you very much. <laughs> and let's do a couple of famous dates here. So we're about to launch into the month of May. Let's see, next week, yeah, it'll be May 2nd when I'm on the air. So May is the month of salsa. 
It's the month of the Mediterranean diet. It's pet month. It's physiotherapy month. It's strawberry month, hamburger month. You could have those two together. Not at the same time. Inventors month, salad month. It's correct posture month. Everybody sit up straight. It's creative beginnings month. I thought that was appropriate for the show. It's egg month. I don't know why, because Easter was already in Passover, and those I thought were egg month. Gift from the garden month. It's barbecue month, blood pressure month. They didn't say high or low. And it's international civility awareness month. Don't you think people could be a lot nicer? Seriously? Yes, yes I, I think so, too. Okay, so let's do quickly. Today is National Zucchini Bread Day. I used to make zucchini bread. Has anybody ever baked zucchini bread? It's got a ton of oil in it, and you grate the zucchinis on the grater, and a lot of liquid comes out. you got to dry them off. A little bit of flour, cinnamon. Oh, it's so good. Zucchini bread. Oh, my goodness. Trying to give up carbs. Not going to work. It's lingerie day. Ladies, you have your, your best on. I used to, when I go, went to the publicity summit in New York, I'd say, I want you, when you come on my radio show, to wear your best underwear so you feel like it's a party. <laughs> and when I was at the summit in New York in person, I would have women take their strap out and say, look, I'm wearing my favorite red, red, whatever, or black. And men would say, do you want to see what I'm wearing under my belly? i say, no, I don't. I really don't. I really don't. I would wear red high heels. I, I, they had me propped up on a stool for three hours. I couldn't even move. I was so stiff. Anyway, and I, yeah, I could say, I said, you have to see yourself smile in my red patent leather shoes. It's Hairstylist Appreciation Day. And Dr. Kelly and I know we appreciate hairstylists who understand color. Yes, we do. April 26th, tomorrow is Audubon Day. It's all for the birds. It's Get Organized Day. It's National Help a Horse Day. Anybody have a horse they're going to help tomorrow? I don't know. I, Laura, it no. was just no. It was just one of those holidays I had to put it in there. And it's National Pretzel Day. Don't help a horse get into pretzel. Okay. In the shape or the pretzel. It's Wednesday is April 27th, National Devil Dog Day. Now, that's a celebration of Drake's Cakes as well as Marine Corps members were called Devil Dogs. Did any, huh. Roger, did you know that? I did not know that. I did not know that either. It's no. National Prime Rib Day. It's Denim Day. And it's Babe Ruth Day. The Sultan yeah. of SWAT. Yes. Now, April 28th, Thursday, is Take Our Kids to Work Day. My grandchildren are too, too old for me to even take them to work. They take me to work now. It's National Superhero Day. Okay, quick around the table. Roger, if you could be any superhero, who would you be? We didn't rehearse this, but what do you think? No, but, but I would definitely have to be Superman. I thought so. I, mean, I thought so. Yellow right cape there. with a big ass. <laughs> Laura Brown, what, what 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 superhero would you be? Wonder Woman. Of course. <laughs> Dr. Kelly, you could pick either one. You will have duplicates. So Dr. Kelly, what, what superhero would you be? Uh, I'm gonna have to go with Catwoman. I want to be I want to be Catwoman too I'm sorry I'm not not being very I'm not being very creative here I'd come up with somebody there Um, yeah I think or maybe Wonder Woman that could be cool and it's also let's see it's also National Blueberry Pie Day and it's Great Poetry Reading Day now whether that means you're doing a great job of reading it or you have to pick great poetry and read it I didn't get that far Friday is National Zipper Day. We don't have to talk about that. It's Shrimp Shrimp Scampi Day. It's Peace Rose Day. I think Peace Rose is yellow. Is that or white? Peace is it white? 
I'm not, I should have looked that up. It's also Hairball Awareness Day for cats. Let's not even go there. It's Arbor Day and it's International Dance Day. There you go on Friday, Saturday, April 30th, last day of April, only 30 days. National Raisin Day. It's Oatmeal Cookie Day. It's Bubble Tea Day. It's Bugs Bunny Day and Adopt a Shelter Pet Day. That's how we send April on its way. Sunday is National Mother Goose Day. All kinds of stories there. Mm. It's May Day, Maypole. It's Chocolate Parfait Day. I'll count me in on that one. And Lemonade Day. I'd get a tummy ache if I had chocolate parfait and washed it down with lemonade. What about you, Roger? That's too much. <laughs> yeah, right? I wouldn't do those together. Yeah, yeah I, got, I got my peps at handy. I think I'd have to do that. <laughs> it's also National Small Business Week and Teacher Appreciation Week starting on Good. May 1st. And Monday, I'll be on the air, but the day will be mostly over. It's International Harry Potter Day. It's National Truffle Day, and I didn't read to see whether it was the chocolate truffles or the truffles that the dogs sniff out in the ground. It's Screen Free Week, not going to happen, and it's Children Book Week, so there. So now thank you for indulging me, guests. Now let's do quickly. We have about 11 minutes, plenty of time on the radio. I'm going to pick one of a statement from each of you about what creativity means to you. And I will read it. I'll read it for you. You don't have to guess which one it is. And let's see. I will. um, Oh, Roger, I like your statement number three. Let me read it. And this alludes to something you mentioned earlier. You say the obstacle of retirement brought out the creativity in me. Now I'm acting in a community theater. What was the impetus for that? Were you saying, oh, my God, I have nothing to do. I'm going to be bored. Or what? How did that bring out creativity? So, you know, this was an interesting thing. as CEO, it was very all-encompassing. I, I never had really learned that balanced life. And so all of a sudden, I had to figure out how to get all these different parts out of life. And I used to give a lot of speeches, and I used to get a lot of applause. And all of a sudden, um, there was no applause coming. You know, it's not like I walked by my wife and she, you know, applauded some so. So uh, literally, it was a piece of the pie that I said, you know what, let me do this. Let me be creative. I wanted to make sure that, you know, memory wise, that that my mind was bright. And so I wanted to memorize scripts and so on. And um, and and yeah, and that was it. And said, let me let me do this. And uh, and that's what I've been doing, you know. Do you have a favorite character? Are there any plays you're in that we would recognize or a type well, of character yeah, you can listen, I was I was in the perfect play because uh, one of the, the plays I was doing was Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross. And it's like, you know, every one of those salespeople was every one of those salespeople I knew, you know, and, and had worked with trained. I mean, I had every prototype of those salespeople that worked in my company. So it was... Uh, yeah, it was it it was it was really interesting, and I, I do want to just touch on the base that um, I did in. I wanted to touch on that one line that talked about you know in handling obstacles uh, mm-hmm. about burning the bridges behind you, if I might, for one yes. second. Yes, go ahead. You know what happens with us, and we see our dreams, and then it gets there's an obstacle, and it gets very tough, and we try a plan B or an escape hatch. And I've always said, people have said, don't ever burn the bridges behind you. And I've always said, burn the bridges behind you. Don't have an escape hatch. Don't go backwards. Go forwards. And here's what happens: it is amazing how creative you get when the only path is forward and you're going to have to overcome that obstacle. 
whether you're going over it, around it, through it. It doesn't matter. Your earpiece your just dropped out, Roger. Yes. You left your. We, we heard half of what you said. I want you to pick it up. That's okay. And finish what you said. Pop it in. So finish. Go ahead. Burn the bridges. Start again. Yeah. So, so just making sure that, that you have no path backwards and that your only path is forward. It's amazing how creative you get when, when your only path is forward and you're going to find the ways to overcome the obstacles. Thank you. So that was I wanted lovely. to add that in. Yes, I'm glad you did. And that was in some of your statements that we didn't get to read, but I'm glad you put those yep. together. Let's go to Laura. I'm going to go to statement number one, although number three was interesting. I'll throw that in. There's a, there's a bad word in there that we don't use on my show, but yep. we'll say it anyway. Uh, Laura's number one says, creativity means imagining things that other people don't see yet. Now, a lot of people say this, Laura, but yet was a surprise to me. And Laura says it's her passion to help them see it. So don't see yet. Go ahead, Laura, tell us. So the, the first fiction book I wrote actually was about a redheaded little girl, by the way, because I have a redhead daughter. And so it was sort of like a Harry Potter, Ella Enchanted kind of thing. And I just had to make it all up. And so it was all about me seeing this. And even like, just when I look around, when I meet people, when I see things going on, I'm always imagining a story. And it's like these stories just like appear in my head. And so I want to share with other people. I want them to see what I see. And I sort of did that in training. I want them to see what they can be. I want them to see how it can help them. And there's always that moment where you see the light bulb go off and other people's heads like, now I get it. Now I see the story. Now I see the reason. And I just love doing that. Thank you very much. And I have to tell you, you remind me so much of an actress named Geneva Carr, who plays Marissa Morgan on Bull, which is yes. the story. The, yes. the, uh, really? It's Yes. Tack, uh, the... Uh, what do they call it? It's a jury jury uh, analysis company run by Michael Weatherly, who used to be Tony on NCIS, and he started Jason Bull. The, apparently, the season is winding down, and they're doing very little of the jury analysis. But you could be the spitting image of Geneva Carr. Look her up, Marissa we'll her Morgan, out. and and you even sound like her. She's <laughs> Absolutely yeah. stunning. So that's you, funny. You agree, Dr. Kelly? Yeah, I, I had to look up, couldn't remember the actress's name. And Cal, Dr. Kelly, I'm looking at your statements. We've got five minutes left. You say, um, let's see. Okay, statement number two there are many ways to be creative in everyday life. That's what we're talking about. We create food, art, music, poetry, etc. So, why don't you take two minutes and then we're going to get everybody to give a website? Dr. Kelly, go ahead. My encouragement is, is that every moment of now is a creative moment. And as long as you lean into that experience with your whole heart and your whole focus, just being really grateful for the opportunity to be there, you are creating with your thoughts, your words, how you feel. And so it doesn't matter if I made toast or if it doesn't matter if I wrote down a cartoon that came to me in the middle of the night. It's all creation. Thank you, Dr. Kelly. Your pic, there you go. You're back. Your picture froze for a minute. We we try to be creative with our bandwidth, don't we, kids? But we never know. We absolutely <laughs> never know. Yes, I know. I've got my Facebook up here and I can still see us all. So there we are. Everybody still looks wonderful. Let's go around the table and get some websites where we can find you, Roger Smith. Where could people find you this, and your this book? This is easy. This is easy. Rogersmith.me. Uh, that's by landing page and you can go on there you can order through amazon that comes out the end of may or you can 
board of directors and publisher right now. And it also has all my social media notes. R-O-G-E-R-S-M-I-T-H dot M-E. If I got that that wrong, I shouldn't be hosting the show. (laughs) Laura Brown with an E on the end of Brown. Do you remember Dr. Joy Brown? She was a a psychologist with an extremely popular call-in show on a major New York City call-in network, a talk show network, Dr. Joy Brown. And I had a... uh, my other persona had a TV show called Something to Talk. No, What's So Funny? And I took improv classes from some pretty high up improv people in Manhattan for years. And I invited some of my improv character actors to come out to my TV studio. And we put on costumes. We did plays like, oh, we, we did all kinds of, of schemes and it's skits. And Roger, you would appreciate this. Yeah. And I did a parody of Dr. <gasps> Joy Brown where I put on an apron. And I opened up The Joy of Cooking and I called it... Um, <laughs> Find in love with Dr. Joyous Green. I called her Dr. <laughs> Joyous Green instead of Joy Brown. And I'd say, and we'd have one of my, my comedians or improv people, we'd put them in a little circle on the screen and they'd say, Dr. Joy, my boyfriend doesn't pay attention to me anymore. And I'd say, well, honey, just open to page 354 in my cookbook and we're just going to tell you what to do. you got to put spice in those hamburgers. You put, <laughs> Your boyfriend, he's just going to have no choice but to pay attention to you, darling. And we did a whole sketch. I think I have it on, on, on three-quarter. I used to edit the shows. We mastered to three-quarters inch th- tape and I used to go into the control room and spend five hours putting together 30-minute shows from three hours of tape material by myself, linear. Here's six minutes. Here's five minutes. It, it, it was a blast. What a way to make TV. Dr. Kelly. We got your, Laura, no, go ahead. You where, didn't where, get where, me. Go okay. ahead. Where, where do we okay. find you? So my, so you can find my books on Amazon, A Salary Cinderella Story, or Increase Your Income. Something special for red listeners. If you go to my website, careertipsforwomen.com, you go to courses, you can get, if you put red in, you can get 20% off the courses on how to be more confident, how to get a raise at work, and how to get a better salary at a new job. So again, put red in the coupon code. Careertipsforwomen.com. Thank you very much. I'm honored and flattered. Dr. Kelly, quickly, where can we find you? OneSacredFamily.com. O-N-E-S-A-C-R-E-D-F-A-M-I-L-Y.com. Thank you very much. Thank you to all of you. I have some closing messages. Don't go away when we're done. I'll tell you I'll tell you what your parting gifts are. So here's my closing. Thank you to Josh for being our engineer. And here we go. First set of closing. Life is short. Break the rules. Forgive quickly. Kiss slowly. Love truly. Love a laugh uncontrollably. Everybody laugh. <laughs> See how good that feels. And never regret anything that made you smile. Well, Roger, we might have a couple of caveats to that one, right? <laughs> okay, now here's the final closing. Work like you don't need the money. Even if you do, try to find some joy in what you're doing, please, because we don't want to see you miserable in your job because maybe we're buying something from you. Dance like nobody's watching, but they all watched when I was dancing on top of a table, teaching a class in disco in high heels on top of a Formica table in a high school cafeteria in Eugene, Oregon. Oh, my God. Sing like nobody's listening. I hope nobody listened when I sang. Love like you've never been hurt because we all have get over it. Let your heart rejuvenate. Let your heart learn to love again. Love yourself. Find love. It's there. Go out and smell a a rose bush. Go see a bird. Find some kind of love. It's there. Money talks, chocolate sings. And I borrowed this line from somebody else. Last but not least, 
Thank you for turning me on. Radio Red said bye-bye, Voice America Empowerment. Thanks again for tuning in to Read My Lips Radio presented by the Voice America Variety Channel. Tweet your questions and comments to at Radio Red 777. Join host, a.k.a. Radio Red, again next Monday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We wish you a positively cool, creative week.